When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The following is a presentation of Morning Drive Media. Taking a big puff here, Petey. That's what we're doing. One of these days, I'm going to stop smoking these cigarettes, Petey. But until then, I'm giving me and my cigarette go picture. <laughs> here we are, very special edition. Of Inside Tinseltown, I'm Dutch Allen here on the Knapsack Files podcast feed, which is on its new home here of Anchor. It's been a while, and uh, PD, I'm a little disappointed here. I'm a little disappointed. I've been informed that the Dutch Allen show, uh, which is me, and that uh, you can also call it Inside Tinseltown, but let's be honest, it's the Dutch Allen show, uh, is going to be uh, on Saturday nights here, about once a month here on the Knapsack Files podcast feed. Uh, I'm clinking some glass here. Mmm. Drinking some whiskey here tonight, Dad, and Petey's my producer. For those who don't know, happy to be here inside Tinseltown. We look at a, we look at all the news of the day in the in the Hollywood scene, and we talk about it. And I talk about stories, and yet I admit I get a little sidetracked. But the first thing, it's a programming note here. I've been, uh, I don't want to say relegated, but that's the word I might. If in my youth, that's the word I u- would have used. I don't have the energy. To fight it now, but what I'm saying is the Napsack Files podcast feed has moved over to Anchor. Um, what's that beeping sound? I heard a beeping sound. Petey, I'm getting distracted already. All right, take a puff on the ciggy then. Here's the deal. Uh, we've moved to Anchor, uh, and we still got Go Picture on the podcast, but Kenny Napsack saying we're going to do some st- uh, restructuring of the programming here. He's got a lot of things going. He's got a lot of interviews in the can. Got a lot of interviews coming. He's a hardworking kid. He's got a book coming out, for crying out loud. Uh, Petey, if you heard that there, you can pre-order uh, the book by Kenny Napsack called Why We Love Star Wars, uh, which was uh, the movies by George Lucas there. And you can uh, call it, it's got an interesting subtitle. It's a long one there, but it's uh, the great moments that built a galaxy far, far away. I would have, if I was in charge, I would have said, all right, why, the book's called Star Wars. Why it got go picture. That's what I would have, I would have done that. But it's not just about the first picture of Georgie Lucas uh, making it. It was a good kid. I had a lot of time uh, spent with Georgie Lucas in the early 70s. I've told some of the stories there. He and Francis uh, Coppola, uh, Coppola, Coppola, I didn't like him much. I didn't get to know his name. Georgie Lucas, I did know. Stevie Spielberg, uh, Milius, we talked about. I've shot many shotguns on Milius's property in my day. Um, it's not that. Uh, it's not about that, though. I, I, it's told, it's, a, it's like 104 essays about why uh, why Kenny loves Star Wars, why you love Star Wars, um, and why I, I've seen it. And I do like it. It's just not my thing. Uh, it's not my favorite thing. You know, I like all the superhero pictures. We're going to be talking about a superhero picture I saw 
Uh, it's the official review from Dutch Island here on Inside Tinseltown. I saw the Captain Marvel picture. Uh, that's uh, it's a new kind of captain, and uh, we can talk about that one there. We got some business news, but all that to say, uh, Kenny's got a lot of stuff going on, and Dutch Island, me, that's me, Dutch Island, the Inside Tinseltown program is going to be on Saturday nights about once a month. What Kenny's found is uh, when he puts puts me, I'm not for everyone. When he puts me on the main show in the main slot on a Wednesday, uh, it's not necessarily uh, to everyone's liking. So Dutch is here. That's me. You've got go picture if you're listening, kid. And we're going to talk about the Hollywood news no matter what night they put me on. Like I said, in my youth, I would have said Dutch Allen puts asses in the seats, ears in the headphones or headphones in the ears, however you want to say it, that PD. I don't know. PD, you a Star Wars fan? We've never t- we don't talk much outside of the studio. You like Star Wars? Okay. Yeah. You like Star Trek better, you say? Or Star Wars? You like them equally. You say you don't have to choose. That's smart. I don't think I so many times, uh, especially in these times, but so many, so many people just choose. I don't like seeing that. I don't like seeing that. Where everyone's always kind of like you, you see a picture. You go to the movie house, you see a picture, and then you have to have an immediate opinion, and you can't think about things. You can't come to some kind of conclusions later. You know, back, tell you what, tell you what, back in the day, we used to go see a picture on opening night, Dad, whether you won the premiere or not. You know, you're not invited to every premiere. Back in my day, Dutch Allen was invited to a lot of movie premieres when they meant something. Now they're just glorified press events, and they were there too. Don't, 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 don't let anyone tell you different. The premieres were just a chance for you know uh, Frankie Sinatra to be seen with some new dame, and 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 that's that's kind of what it was back in the day too. Now it's a little different, but now they bring in you know it's the press, it's all the people there, and, you, and you're trying to get a new review, a good review from them, and then you don't always get it, despite what people think. You don't always get it, and that's that's fine. Uh, you wine and dine them, and uh, sometimes they still stab you in the back, and that's the name of the game. But we would go see it, Peter. We would go see a picture. I'd go down to. Uh, I loved going down to the Cinerama Dome when it was just. Uh, that's what it was. It was the only thing there. Now it's the. Uh, what's it? It's the Hot Light uh, Theaters there. The Arcalite. No A. No second A. Arcalite. Not Arcalite. Arcalite. You go down there, and I go down there. There's a restaurant. Here's here's what I t- here's what I like about it. I like, grab my drink. Tink, tink, tink. I grabbed the drink. You can bring in uh, alcoholic beverages into the movie house, into the theater uh, over there at the Acolyte. And uh, I think that's great. I think a lot of theaters are doing it. I don't I don't know if I like these theaters that got the four-course four meals and a waiter and all that kind of stuff. You know, that, that stuff we can talk about another time. And I think I've, I've talked about it before, too. I, I, you know, I probably, you probably heard me talking about it in the bathroom just to myself, uh, Petey. Uh, but back in my day, we would grab a, we'd grab a car. We would head over to the Cinerama Dome on Sunset then, near Sunset and Vine. And uh, we'd watch the movie. And then we'd all go out afterwards, whether it be a Musso and Franks or a Brown Derby. Maybe up the street to Mel's Diner, whatever, doesn't matter. We'd go there, we'd, we'd take our time, we'd pour a drink, we'd take a sip, you'd talk amongst friends, and you, you'd talk about, what do you think about the movie? And you'd do this. What do you think about the picture? <sighs> That's good, good scotch. And then you talk about it. And, and there's some things you might like and other things uh, the other person might not like, and that's, that's fair. I remember... I got to tell you, one of the one of the pictures I saw. I mentioned him a little bit earlier, Stevie Spielberg. Uh, this movie comes out in '82. 
Uh, Harrison Ford's uh, wife at the time, Melissa Matheson, uh, is the writer of the script, very talented uh, writer. Uh, I took many meetings with her towards uh, the end of my career there. And uh, we went there, and I got to tell you, uh, there was a lot I thought I liked about it, but it would, uh, after the th- after I saw E.T., which, of course, stands for Exeril uh, Terrestrial, um, it's an alien, basically. And it comes down, and it steals candy, and it points at people, and uh, scares people, and it gets sick, nearly dies, and it goes and uh, rides a bike into the forest and wins. So I... I, I didn't I didn't I didn't like it. Now this is following is eighty two here. We we do have the Star Wars. Georgia Lucas has got the Star Wars. We've got Close Encounters of the Third Kind, which was great because Richie Dreyfus is in that. And I'll tell you what, true story. No one will believe me, but Richie Dreyfus was getting ready to make that picture, and he and I uh, went out and we uh, were having a having a dinner. I, I really liked him. I want to get him synced up into some of my projects. Pulled into some of my pictures that didn't always happen there. But we go there, and uh, we have we uh, we go to um, what's that place? Remember that place, Petey, up on uh, up on La Cienega, Restaurant Row. You don't remember that one? It had a big it had the pillars outside. You don't rem- you didn't live there in the seventies. Fair enough. We go up there. It was on Restaurant Row in La Cienega, and it was uh, we go there, uh, and. Uh, He's he's struggling to find the character Richie Dreyfus is. He's he's not understanding. He's a very method guy. He's very serious. He gets in and he's like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I I've, I've never been kidnapped by aliens. I don't know. I can't find that. I can't find things. I can't find things to the character. Little quirks and and as he's talking and as Richie's talking, and I love Richie. <laughs> if Richie Dreyfus was here, I would tell him right now to his face the same things I'm telling him here in the microphone here. Uh, you know, he's hey, yeah, yeah. If you you know, he was in Jaws, which was a great, uh, great, uh, you know, creature feature, if that's what you call it. There, it's kind of a horror picture too. There, but it's a good character study. It's a character study of a big fish, and I like that. There, you know, I like that about that a lot. Again, we're talking about a lot of Stevie Spielberg movies here, but Dreyfus, he couldn't find it. He couldn't find what he wanted to do, and as he's talking, and, and I'm not going to lie, he was going on and on and on, I had my mashed potatoes, and I had a fork, and I love mashed potatoes, but I didn't want to eat in case I had to respond, because sometimes, Petey, I put in, you've seen, you've seen, we went over, we went over to, uh, we went over to Benihana that one night, which is not far from this restaurant, it's Lowry's. That's the one I was talking about. Lowry's. Jesus. Jesus. H. Jeepers. Uh, you know what I mean? It's Lowry's. It's got the prime rib, great seasoning sauce. You can buy it at a grocery store. I used to send my help out to do it there. But uh, So we're at Lowry's. But there's a Betty Hanna's nearby there now. And you and I went out there. And you saw when I put that fried rice in my mouth. It was all over my suit, all over my face. You know what I found out? Uh, the dry cleaner. I went to take, uh, I took my suits into the dry cleaners. I, I, I do it myself. I like it. I like getting out of the house uh, to run errands. It cleanses the soul. I think errands are uh, underrated for therapy. And I go out to my dry cleaner. I go to pick up the suits. And he says, hey, Mr. Allen, do you know you have uh, rice in in uh, in your suit? And I said, hot damn, I do. Give me that. <laughs> Give me that rice. Uh, it was good. I love it. But anyway, you know I'm a bad, messy eater. So I didn't. So in case Richie Dreyfus is talking to me, and he's talking to me, but in case he, he wants an answer from me, I didn't want to eat. So the whole time I've got my fork, and I'm just playing with my mashed potatoes, and I make it into kind of a pillar. And he's talking, talking. All of a sudden he stares at me, and I stare at him, and I'm like, yes? And he's like, uh, what are you doing? 
Let me do it right. What are you doing? I go, I go, uh, I'm waiting for you to finish. He says, what's your food? I go, I, I don't know, Richie. I really want the mashed potatoes. But if uh, you call on me to answer and give you some sage advice, of which I am known to do, I don't want to have a mouthful of mashed potatoes in my mouth. I, I like a lot of gravy. At the time, at the time, I had a very, very nice Van Dyke facial hair uh, uh, situation going on, and I, I you know, the gravy's going to get inside. I don't. I want to give you my full attention, but I also want to give you put myself in the position to, to give you the best answer. And he, no, he said, no, he says, Dad, with your food, you're making it. You're making a pillar. That's what I need to do in a movie. We got a pillar in a movie. I said, okay, can I finish my mashed potatoes? And he said, yes. He said, well, I got to make a call. And he gets up and he goes to the lobby and he uses the, the phone there because this is obviously long before cellular telephone. And he, apparently he called Stevie Spielberg and they put it in the movie. And it's one of the most iconic things. I'm not saying I deserve credit. I'm just saying those mashed potatoes were good. <laughs> We go see E.T. We're there watching E.T. And I got a bunch of friends of mine here in 82. Uh, Deloise was probably there. You know, we always got the stories with Deloise there. Uh, Robert Wagner, Bob Wagner was there. And we're, we're going along and a bunch of other people. And be honest, it doesn't really matter. This I know I like to, people accuse me of name dropping there, Petey. But I'm not doing that here. I'm just, I, you know, it was me, Deloise, Bob Wagner, uh, and we're and a bunch of others. We go see the extraterrestrial and... Uh, I, I didn't like it initially. I didn't like it. You know, uh, if if the alien had a laser sword, he was flying in a spaceship, maybe shooting some people down, I might have been okay with it. But I, I come out of the theater, and I'm not, I'm not there. And back in the day, you could smoke in the theater, thank God. And, you know, I'm puffing and huffing and puffing, and and it's just about the movie. So we go over we go over to uh, to the restaurant there, and we're sitting down, and... And I'm and I'm talking with with Deloise and Wagner and some of the other people, and we're talking. And they they had different takes on the movie. One of them says, "I think it's a great exploration of, of childhood and growing up and, and abandonment, and it's a story of a single mother. And uh, you know, you got the you got John Barrymore's uh, uh, granddaughters in it, right? I think that's the relation. And uh, you know, Barrymore was great. I'll tell you what. One time, uh, I was at a Shakespeare festival." In uh, Stratford on Guy, which sounds like a sexual position, but it's a city. And we go there, and uh, Barrymore was there. He did four hours of Hamlet, a little bit of The Tempest. And then we went out and drank till six in the morning. He got up, he did it all again. He did it all again. That was John Barrymore. Johnny Barrymore was one of a kind. So, you know, I liked I liked uh, Drew Barrymore in the picture, and then you got the Henry Thomas kid. I like him a lot, actually. I think he's an under, underrated actor. Seamus Cridd didn't go oh, the way I thought it would there. Uh, I think if you would put him in a, a Star Wars a, as a, uh, uh, as a uh, uh, you know, Luke Skywalker character, that's the name, right? Luke Skywalker. I think Henry Thomas would have had a great career, but it didn't happen. But point being, I didn't necessarily like the picture. But by the end of the conversation... I started to appreciate it more. I started to get into the head of those people that saw it there. Bob Wagner was crying. Bob Wagner 
sees uh, the alien get back on his sasa and fly and steal the kid's candy. And he says, you know, this this is I'm going through a tough time. You know, it's early 80s. We don't want to necessarily talk about what's going on in his life there. But he's going to, you know, it, it moved him. He goes, I need to go home right now. I feel like I emotionally am cut adrift. But this picture, the extraterrestrials make me feel like I'm home. I got it. I, did, I wasn't feeling that, but I got it. Deloise is like, can you believe the amount of candy that alien was eating? And I said, I never thought about it that way. Some other people there liked it. And I would never say that E.T., the extraterrestrial, is one of my favorite pictures. But I left that conversation, and we drank till four in the morning. You know how it goes. We took a taxi cab back to our places. Uh, one of us, uh, you know, uh, I, I, I think the next day someone uh, called. You know, I left my pants at the diner. Um, so it had to be Deloise. Deloise did that. My point is, if you had, if I had seen the ET picture and, and went immediately to my web blog, or to YouTube's, and I logged my review, I wouldn't have liked it. I would have said one out of 17 stars, uh, two thumbs up out of a F you, you know? I would have said all this stuff. I would have, uh, I would have, I would have been wrong. I would have been wrong. I would have not taken into account uh, other people's uh, perceptions, uh, other people's interpretations. They don't have to be mine. But I would have, I would have overlooked them, and I don't think that's good. I don't think that's a good thing. Um, it doesn't mean you know you could have a conversation with a Bob Wagner and still not like it. That's okay. That's fine. But you, you thought about it, and I am more interested in hearing the opinions of people. And I'm not just talking about movie press. I'm not just talking about reviewers. I'm not talking about that, and I, and I like them. I had no problem with movie reviewers. Gene Charlotte and I, once a year, would get together for a pancake breakfast and just talk about the, the business, but also talk about life. And Gene Charlotte was one of a kind. I got no problem with the reviewers. Don't say I got a problem with movie critics. I don't. I don't have a problem with them. Recently, I was hanging out with uh, one of my favorites, uh, Movie Mance, Scott Mance. That guy's a ball of energy, a ball of happiness, and I respect him. Doesn't mean I always have to agree with his opinions. I don't like the people who get overly insulted when a critic registers his final decision. I, I you know, critic, I love this movie. You're, you're an idiot for loving it. Who, where, what kind of life do you lead if that's your case? But the other way around, you know, if they didn't like the movie or they did, you know, and they didn't like the movie and I love the movie, I'm not going to go burn, you know, books in the street. I don't know if that's what, what people do in protest. Back in my day, in, this, in my youth, we, we didn't like something. We burned a book in the street. Any book would do. Um, that's my point. I took the time with E.T. I took my time with E.T. And I registered it a little bit later. I told Stevie Spielberg that. I did. I told him that. He was making uh, The Last Emperor. And I showed, my, uh, showed up on uh, uh, set. And uh, little Chris Bales there, who's uh, you know, obviously now a superstar there. Back then, he was a little more mild-mannered. Uh, just following instructions, and he's doing good. And uh, you know, Chris Bale, and I like don't, don't don't get me wrong. I like Chris Bale a lot here. Um, the good for you thing was uh, unfortunate. Um, I, to I told I told Stevie Spielberg that story, and he said, "You know, I wish everyone had your patience. I wish everyone had your insight." But that's just me, Petey. Um, so point being, I saw this uh, Captain Marvel picture, and I know uh, 
Uh, it's been a couple weeks since it's been out, so uh, if you're looking for timely movie reviews, Inside Tinseltown isn't the spot. But I saw this picture with Brie Lawson, who's uh, just great. She was in uh, The Room, uh, which wasn't uh, the best picture. Uh, it was interesting. The dialogue was a little tough. Uh, the main characters kept tossing a, a football around. But, uh, and Brie Lawson's mother, the, the, the mother of the movie, she had, like, cancer, and they didn't even really care about it there. And I, uh, what? Okay. What? Yeah, The Room. No? I don't understand what you're saying. Thanks, Petey. Thanks, Petey. You derailed me there. Anyways, Brie Lawson's in it. Jude Law's in it. Uh, one of my favorite pictures of all time. Not a lot of people have seen it. Jude Law in the the talented, uh, the talented Mr. Ripley, I believe, which, uh, you know, it's, what, mid-90s? All I remember is, all I really remember is Matt Damon in some tight swim trunks. You got go picture. <laughs> you know what I mean, Petey? I don't swing that way, but if I would have back then, that would have been good, you know? So... Uh, Drew Law's in it. Uh, the uh, the Aussie uh, Mendelssohn, uh, he was in a Star Wars recently. Uh, where's Where's a good cape and uh, and the normal superhero pictures. And we I, we review a lot of the superhero pictures here on Tinseltown because uh, uh, inside Tinseltown, excuse me, we we review them because I think I think that's what gets the kids in. Uh, they're going to see this headline: uh, Dutch Allen reviews Captain Marvel, and they'll click. Right? That's what the name of the game is. And I don't play that game, and it's probably why this show's on a Saturday night and not at another time. But I saw the Captain Marvel picture, and uh, it's it's essentially, uh, you know, I, I'm not a superhero nut, but I, I respect the art form. I miss Stan Lee. I do miss Stan Lee a lot. Um, it is, uh, Captain Marvel's a good picture. Is it my favorite of the Marvel movies? Not by a long shot. Not by a long shot. Uh, give me the one, uh, the political one, uh, Winter Soldier with uh, Bob Redford in. Uh, that, you know, me and Bob Redford go back a ways and uh, help to make Jeremiah Johnson. And uh, I think uh, think that one's good. I, uh, the Black Panther one was really good. And uh, the Avengers uh, end, uh, what is it? The Avengers uh, until the end of time, uh, whatever. That one was good. Um, the one with Spader, not so much, but I like James Spader. James Spader and I once uh, sat down at a speakeasy in downtown Los Angeles. I cannot tell you the location, Petey, but you have to knock three times on the door and pull your pants down. I'll let you in. Spader and I uh, sat there having uh, hot toddies, talking about poetry, uh, the designated hitter, and uh, the 1960 presidential debate between Nixon and Kennedy. And our thoughts on uh, how television changed that one. We sat there at this. Uh, so I like James Spader, but the the one with him in it wasn't my favorite. Then. Point being, Captain Marvel to me seemed more than anything, more than anything. And this is what's interesting because you had a lot of men uh, allegedly on the Internet not happy with this picture, which is always weird to me. Because if you are a young man and you like going to the superhero pictures and you... Uh, are a, uh, you know, sexually active or you want to be sexually active and you find women attractive. Um, I don't understand why you don't want a strong, uh, uh, a strong female up on the screen because I find that sexy. I don't know. And there seems to be some guys out there who need to kind of look themselves in the mirror and question what's going on in their underpants because, just on a base level, there's nothing uh, sexier than me than a, a woman up there in charge, in command, fighting crime in a, in a spaceship. 
sign me up. And I know it's weird because it sounds, coming from me, it might sound a little uh, sexist to be saying that. Like, you know what I like? Strong women. Why? It turns me on. I get it. I get it. That's wrong. I get it. I'm trying to learn new ways there. But point being, these young men who uh, read these comic books, and I, God bless them, they spend a lot of money on industry. If they have a problem with a female uh, being in front of the, the picture, I don't understand that. You, do you, do you ra- would you rather look at Jude Law the whole time? I would, but for different reasons, maybe. Um, going back to some days where I was confused, but I, 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 you, know what I, you know what I'm saying, Petey? You know what I'm saying? I, I understand that, yeah, or no, yeah, what you're saying is the, the, it's, a, it's a fantasy thing, that they don't like, they want to see themselves on screen and feel that everything's going to be all right for them, that if they put on a cape, they'll get the, uh, the woman or the, or the person of, of their dreams. Um, I understand that. That's probably what Hollywood was run on. That's, that's, I also think people are going to understand that. There. Hollywood was founded essentially by a bunch of men who are having trouble romantically, if you know what I mean. So they're out there living normal lives, maybe going to some theater or something like that or, or a radio play or something, and um, they're going home lonely, you know what I mean? They're smashing it in the shower there later, and so uh, they, uh, they feel lonely. So they, they, what they decide to do, they decide to, to build movie studios. I, I really think that's the problem with the business. I think it's inherent to what the business is. It's built on uh, lonely guys trying to create stories that encourage them uh, that it's going to be all right, that eventually someone will want to take off the the underpants. So I think that's part of the problem. And I don't have, I don't, I don't fault anybody. I get it. It's probably ingrained, but we're trying to change all that. Uh, Well, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm out of the business now there, but I'm going to see, see these pictures. And so I'm watching Captain Marvel here, and I like Brie Lawson. I think she did a good job. Uh, I think uh, the second half of the picture, she really found herself. First half wasn't my favorite in terms of, of the Captain, but the second half, I think she, she was great. But in the middle of that movie, I'm thinking, this is an advertisement for the Air Force. This is what this is. Is anyone's uh, you know masculinity being challenged when really you're just watching a commercial for flying high in the sky. I don't know, but that's just me. But the picture was okay. I, I got to say this. I didn't like uh, Jude Law's character. I didn't care for him as a villain. And I know you're supposed to uh, boo. Oh, I guess I'm supposed to say that's some sort of spoiler, huh? That's a spoiler. They do a flippadoo. They do a flippadoo halfway through. Um, should we edit that out, Petey? No, you don't. You want to go home. Okay, I understand. We've only got a few minutes left. Thank you, Petey. Uh, yeah, so I understand. I understand. Uh, you don't, you're supposed to root against the villains, but I want to understand my villains. I want to, what motivates them? I am more interested in that. More interested in that. There's that television program that's coming back pretty soon, uh, Game of the Thrones, and it has got, uh, I don't watch all of it. Uh, I haven't, I, I cherry pick which, what I watch because I got to be honest with you. I was watching the first season and there's a, there's a scene that comes about where uh, there's a guy, uh, his name's uh, Finger, and um, he's talking into the camera. He's like giving plot, which is fine. Exposition, 
and character motivations are a tough thing. You've got to you've got to play. Uh, you got to play the story, but you got to get this information out. So he's just he's there. He's looking at this guy finger. He's looking at the camera, and he's like, ah, here's what I'm going to do, and here's I'm going to get the throne, and this is the game of the thrones, and uh, and all that. In the background, there's these two girls going at it, naked. It's the day they was born, doing things the good Lord did not intend. And it got my uh, my heart too much of a flutter. And Petey, you know, my doctor said, I got I to gotta, I gotta watch that. I can't give my heart too much uh, activity because it starts to maybe cause some problems for my heart. So it was a little, I got to tell you, it was a, I, was, I had to stop watching a lot of the show. So now what I do is I keep my finger on the fast forward button. And if there's any kind of uh, you know sexual situations, I just fast forward until it's someone with a sword killing somebody or a dragon eating somebody, and uh, I like that show. Uh, but it, that show has changed the name of the game for me when it comes to villains because I there's all these quote bad characters on the show. Uh, the Cursey one, the uh, Cursey Lannister, is uh, the one that I I I think uh, I think she's great, and it's uh, Lena Headey, which was I know Lena, be uh, uh, she was. Uh, in the 300 picture, and she's great. Uh, but her, her character, Kersey, is uh, I'm sitting there rooting for her, and I'm supposed to be booing her, you know? She does that thing, you know, the thing at the end where she does, uh, where it explodes, there's green everywhere, and she sips that wine. It's the best sip of wine I've ever seen on screen. M- movies, TV show, uh, TV commercials, doesn't matter. Finest sip of wine, and you're rooting for her. You're supposed to be booing, but you're rooting for her, Petey. And that's what I'm saying. That was my biggest problem with the Captain Marvel picture. I didn't. Uh, I didn't find out a lot about who I was supposed to root against, and I'll, I'll I'll root against them. I don't have a problem with that. I'll root against them all day, as long as I can understand them a little bit. That's all I'm saying. You know what I mean? It's all I'm saying. Mama Fratelli and the Goonies might have been bad, but I got where she was coming from, so I'm gonna you know. I'm going to understand it a little bit better. I didn't have that in Captain Marvel, but it's but it's a good picture. Marvel knows how to do it. They got this big tapestry of stories, and they put them all together. And then these uh, folks, what I love is these folks uh, out there, these young gentlemen who've uh, got some, uh, I think they just need a good hug or, or slapping or both, maybe at the same time. You know, they go and they try to boycott these pictures and do all this stuff. And this picture goes and makes, uh, you know, it's coming up on like a billion dollars worldwide. You got go picture, kid. Let me tell you that. So congratulations to everyone there who made the Captain Marvel. Uh, Dutch gives it uh, three and a half cigarettes out of five. And that's, that's good. That's a good picture. It's entertaining. I watch it again. But here's the thing, and this goes back to my original point. When I got out of the movie house, I might have right then and there ranked it a two, Petey. That's my point. It's a point on this whole episode. I might have ranked it a two. And I might have said, you know, I didn't like uh, the villains. I didn't like the end fight. The commercial for the Air Force was a bit out of place. Brie Larson in the first half wasn't as good as the second half for me. It's a personal thing. Uh, And I would have said two cigarettes out of five. And then the the movie would have got a bad review. People would have been upset. Feige wouldn't have talked to me at any Christmas parties. And and we've met at a couple. Um, But I thought about it. And I thought back to that moment back in 1982 with the extraterrestrial picture, and I just remembered Bob Wagner saying, this movie got me. And I'm thinking the Captain Marvel picture had a lot of things in that movie that weren't designed for me. They were designed for the young ladies watching it, 
the young ladies that will be watching it, and the young ladies that, quite frankly, haven't had a chance to watch this kind of picture until now. And I thought to myself, that's worth a point and a half. Jude Law, I'll take a point off. But I'm going to give you a point and a half for someone else's perspective. And I'm okay with that. And I wish more people, Petey, took the time to understand what other people are thinking and seeing. And it doesn't mean you have to be all on board for it. It doesn't mean it. Not at all. I still don't get E.T. I still prefer M&M's over Reese's, but that's that's M&M's fault. They had the business opportunity. They passed. Put Reese's pieces on the map. And I'm good with that. But my point is, take your time. Take your time. Don't be in such a rush to beat something down. Think about it. I have a lot more respect for people to think about it. You know what I mean? That's it for Inside Tinseltown this week. I got to tell you, it's been a lot of fun. You guys are the best. You guys know I love the show, love talking to you guys, even though we're on Saturday. But go ahead. Tell Kenny Napsuck that you like here in Dutch Island, Inside Tinseltown, on the Napsuck Files podcast feed, which is on Anchor. Uh, And don't forget, uh, Ken Napsuck's got a uh, Patreon page. It's uh, patreon.com slash Ken Napsuck. He's changed that recently from the Napsuck Files to Ken Napsuck. He's uh, he's doing good work. He's tried his best to uh, stand up on his own two feet. And I got to tell you, I really, really, really respect what he's doing there. Uh, yeah, yeah. So you can go there if you want to respond. And don't forget, uh, Kenny Napsuck's got his new book, Why We Love Star Wars. And you can get that on Amazon for pre-order. It comes out May 15th. Uh, we also got to thank the executive producers of the Napsack Files podcast feed. It's found on the Patreon page. It's DJ Snacks, uh, Sir Thomas Detall, uh, Lisa Logan X, Matthew Simon, Bador, Matt Maroney, Matt Thompson, uh, Tabor, and Abdul Buddha, uh, Nikki Baldwin, Donna Long, and Nathan Ovendale. He's a real first-rate Nate, that kid. So uh, that is uh, that is what we got going on. It's been a lot of fun. We'll do it again. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? Lowry's, Petey. Yeah, they got the prime rib. Go, though, with a party of three or more. Three or more, because if you get two, sometimes they squeeze you into a side side, side table. I don't like that. You want to go to Lowry's now? You want to go home to your family? Okay. That's good for me. It's inside Tinseltown, kids. <laughs>